Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow, together with other mothers, when autumn comes. There are so many things that you have to learn when you become a mom to a child who has a ton of different needs and a diagnosis and, you know, and you're in a place that you don't recognize or that you didn't plan for. One of the things that a lot of us as moms of these complex children are given is a poem called Welcome to Holland. For some people, it is amazing. And for other people, it is comforting. And for other people, it stings. So we're chatting about it. We're putting on our wooden shoes. Or are they clogs? I mean, uh, I have been I have been to Holland in real life. Back when I didn't have kids and I could travel and I had a passport and we weren't in a global pandemic. So now we're talking about the metaphorical Holland. And apparently there isn't a passport that's required. It's just a lot of sleepless nights that are required. So y'all, welcome to Holland. Welcome back to When Autumn Comes. We have an episode today that we are talking about a poem that I hope most of you have heard, but many probably have not, called Welcome to Holland. And Susan and I... I was, this was brought to my attention through a girlfriend that gave it to me. And Susan, how did you hear about this poem? I want to say my friend Katie, who was in the NICU with me, shared it with me a month or so into the journey. I think somebody in the NICU referenced it. Okay. It found me or I found it in a time when I didn't know what my future was going to, I mean, who knows what their future is going to look like still. But when I needed to kind of figure out, I was questioning a lot and how did we get here? What's going on? I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. It was kind of comforting at the time. Um, it helped me kind of get a glimmer into how things can be different from what you expected, but still okay. Mm-hmm. So how about just in case listeners haven't heard this poem before, I thought we could read it and share it with people. Again, this is a poem called Welcome to Holland. It is not written by Diane and I. It is by Emily Pearl Kingsley. It was written in 1987. So this poem's been around a little bit. (laughs) Okay. I'm often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability, to try to help people who have not shared that unique experience to understand it, to imagine how it would feel 
it's like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and you make your wonderful plans. The Colosseum, the Michelangelo David, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian. It's all very exciting. After months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands. The stewardess comes in and says, welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean by Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life, I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plan. They've landed in Holland and you must stay there. The important thing is that they haven't taken you to a horrible, disgusting, filthy place full of pestilence, famine, and disease. It's just a different place. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks, and you must learn a whole new language, and you will meet a whole new group of people that you would have never have met. It's just a different place. It's slower paced than Italy, less flashy than Italy, but after you've been there for a while and you catch your breath, you look around and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills and Holland has tulips. Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy, and they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they have had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the pain of that will never, ever, ever go away because the loss of that dream is a very, very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy you may never be free to enjoy the very special, the very lovely things about Holland. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, here's what I feel. I know that we had discussed and, and read when we were looking into this, that some people feel like they carry more grief with them for a longer period of time. And obviously that is going to depend on the specific disability medical need, you know, of your, of your child. However, whenever I read that, I feel like it pulls me 10,000 feet up. It takes me out of some of my intense emotion and helps me view it from a higher perspective of, like Alana said, I didn't know to pray for a Francesca, Mm -hmm. you know? So no matter what, like there are going to be hard days or years or this whole thing will be filled with grief for some people. However, there's just this incredible and indescribable beauty that still comes along in unison with that grief. And that's what this poem does for me, wherever I'm kind of at in that. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it? I I agree. I think every time I read it, I kind of just, I wanted to go to Italy. I didn't know I wanted to go to Italy. But, like, that's what I was planning for, was to go to Italy. And Holland is different, and it is not not where I plan to be. But you do find the joy. Well, and here is the huge difference, I think, between us two, which I just kind of realized, was that, like, I've been to Italy, and I'm now in Holland. Like, mm-hmm. I've experienced both of them, and so I can see oh my gosh, this is what Italy's like, but I really love Holland just as much. And I will always be in Holland going, Mm -hmm. I wonder what the gelato tastes like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about that before we hit Mm -hmm. record. So that's a good point. Yeah. 
which completely has got to change perspective on yeah. the poem or motherhood, you know. <laughs> I So this poem, I do some volunteering at the hospital with um, residents. I don't know what the program's actually called, but we call it the rent-a-resident program in my house. And they, before COVID, would come out to the house. And the idea is that these residents are coming into our home not knowing anything about special needs, medical life in the home. They aren't even told how many kids we have. They are not told what medical condition. So it's kind of the idea that they're walking into our lives the way we walk into the ED. Most of them are extremely anxious when they get here. And I walk them through kind of like what we are, what we do. You know, I'm doing all of this while giving medicine through the G2, plugging them in. I make dinner for the residents often, which one of them absolutely loved the salad I made her, I guess. And she still talks about that every time I see her. (laughs) This is one of the poems and one of the pieces of conversation that I give to them when they come to the house. And I, I usually ask, like, have you heard the Welcome to Holland poem? I want to say every single one of them said no, that we had come here. And I don't feel like a poem like this or any poem or any, any book, I don't think anybody can understand this unless you live it. You can. And there is no way to understand this, but a poem like this gives you a slight like metaphor to the mindset that a lot of us moms and dads have. The thing I don't like about this poem, which again, love the poem. I know you have it framed on your wall right next to you. But one of the things that I don't like about any of these poems, like, you know, I do feel like it's kind of putting the rosy colored glasses on. For me, the poem really helped when I got it because I was really early in my journey And I'm curious how old Sayla was when you, when somebody showed that poem to you, like, was it early in your journey? Did you know something wasn't right yet? Um, No, it was after, it was after I knew um, that she had special needs. I think I actually found it myself and I read it and I saved it. And then this woman gave me, she, she ended up, we were pregnant, I believe around the same time. And she had, was pregnant with a child with Down syndrome. And so we kind of walked this path a little bit side by side of me being on, or, you know, Sayla being undiagnosed and her having a diagnosis. And she ended up giving this to me and it just, I don't know. I can see where like, you feel like it puts the rose colored glasses on, like, but it's still good. Don't worry about it. I also think that comes with where somebody is in stage of their grief or their journey. You know, Mm -hmm. there are some times where I'm like, I just want to wallow. And I mean that with no disrespect that somebody, if somebody's in that, but I'm just in a place where I am sitting there, I have to sit there and I have to like sift through my reality and how I'm feeling. And then there are other times where I'm like, no, I am just plugging along and we're we're doing okay, you know? Mm-hmm. But like we talked about before, there is also another one. I believe it, isn't it a Chinese proverb? Yeah. So we found an article online. Again, this wasn't our original article. Um, I will have to find the link and reference that because I did not print that with my notes. But another mom, I imagine, wrote a blog post about how she felt conflicted about this poem. 
And her post actually resonated with me quite a bit because the whole rosy colored glasses thing and how there are some days where it sucks. I mean, there are some days where, yes, there are tulips, but they have been stomped all over. And yes, there is beautiful artwork and windmills, but it's like somebody graffitied all over them and ruined them. I have days where I don't know if it's that I'm, I I don't think I'm at the part of the journey where I'm wallowing. I feel like I have accepted that I'm in Holland, but there are days where it is just not fair to watch your child lay there and cry for hours and hours in agony after you've given her the maxed out doses of pain meds and you are laying there comforting her and she cannot calm down because her disease is effing with her brain. And that is where I feel like this poem just doesn't address that. Yes, it's different, but there are days that are hard. And then I step back before we get to that other person's blog post. I have to add prior to this episode, I was thinking about this quite a bit. And if we're really summarize, like if we're really going with the metaphor, there are people in Italy who have shit happen to them too. Mm-hmm. There is shit in Italy also, um, mm-hmm. whether that is car accidents or your child has an issue with addiction or, you know, there is shit in Italy. It's Mm -hmm. different shit than the shit we face in Holland. I mean, Italy, I feel like also has rosy colored glasses in this poem too. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I totally agree with you. I think it comes down I mean, we're all walking a different path and none of us will be walking the exact same path. Mm -hmm. I think this poem just helps me keep walking sometimes. And Mm -hmm. a poem is a a good thing. I think like, obviously I use my Christian faith as like, I want to be obedient to God, but I also want to help my child change this world in the way that she was made to change this world. And obviously, it comes with excruciating pain. And so, whether it's a poem or your faith or however you can get through each day with hope, that's what hopefully we can all cling to and find your thing that makes you feel like that. Because none of this is going to resonate with every single person because we literally are all walking a different path. And I think also as we're talking more, I feel like maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, And maybe you're going to be like, duh, Susan. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) is the root of this poem comparison? In my mind, I've always thought like you wanted to be here and now you're there. But now like the more I think about it is, is it touching into that? I mean, like we're constantly as humans comparing to the next person. And is this just trying to reassure us that everybody's flowers grow differently and there's still flowers? I don't know. Whether that was the intent of the poem, it absolutely does that. Mm-hmm. Not good or bad. I think it just, it, there is a comparison. I think what I get out of it a lot is, and I always say this because it helps me refocus, is expectation, period. Like I read the simplest quote that said, expectation is the root of all heartache. And I don't know if I've said this on here before, but I'm constantly trying to disprove that. And I can't. I cannot figure out a situation where when I am frustrated or sad or mad or feel like I have been wronged in some way, 
that it comes back to expectation because not one single person or God or spiritual figure in anyone's life ever said that this life was going to go a certain way. Not, not a single person, you know? And so whether it's like the big things or the small things, I think it comes down to just putting in perspective, what type of expectation did you go into this journey with? You know, it may have been a completely ignorant expectation because you didn't know anything different. But I think for me, it just refocuses my perspective of this parenting journey can be beautiful if I remember that I was promised nothing when I came out of it. Now, that may be very hurtful to say to somebody in a situation like you. I don't know how that would, you know, that makes you feel. As you're saying that, I'm sitting here pondering because you've said that quote many times on this podcast. And I don't think I've ever sat there and thought about what it actually means in terms of my life. And I recently had a conversation with somebody last night. We were talking about how we are going to try to do Memorial. This is airing in June. So sorry, guys. We're the week out of Memorial Day. But (laughs) how we're going to try to do family pictures on Memorial weekend. And she immediately said, are you sure you want to do that? Because Laura, like, it's a holiday. Lorelai goes to the ICU on holidays. Like, And I kind of stepped back and I was like, you know, I'm at the point in this journey where, first of all, I kind of expect to go to the ICU on a holiday, but I'm realizing I can't have expectations of anything I plan actually happening. Mm -hmm. This disease is more powerful than I am, and that's humbling in itself. But I can't plan that Girl Scout camp would work out. I can't plan that family pictures will work. And I am a control freak. (laughs) Like, I just, I, that's who I am. So on certain days, I actually like give myself a pat on the back, which is hard for me to do. But when you realize that you're okay if your plans don't work, it is so hard. I will, I was just having a conversation with my mom about that this morning. And so pat yourself on the back because it is so hard to be able to pivot and to settle in the slowness that this life can bring. And the turn on a dime of, I hope that I get to, whether it's like something for yourself or something that brings your child joy that they can't do, you know? Mm -hmm. And it is relatable to other children. I mean, I hear so many mothers on Mother's Day saying like, my kids didn't want to do what I wanted to do or they, you know, it's very relatable, but the heartache, it stings a little bit more when you know your kids can't control it and it's inflicting pain on them or, you know, something hiccups with them. So, and I think for me, that's when the flare up in my mind of, I wanted to go to Italy. Mm -hmm. This point in my journey, I'm okay that I'm in Holland. I don't like the hurricanes that keep popping up for my kids in Holland, but I'm okay that I'm in Holland. But when things are spiraling, I have to cling to the the windmills and the tulips and go, this is Holland. Like there is beauty here mm-hmm. and not go. But my guidebook was for Italy. Mm-hmm. Even on the darkest days, when I go to the dark places, I just break down and I'm like, why are my kids not healthy? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's me saying, why didn't I end up in Italy? That That is me saying, why didn't I end up in Italy? Well, there's got to be some sort of pain, like pain management for your own, I don't know if sanity is the right word, like you have to get it out too, right? But then brings us to this Chinese proverb, yeah, which is so simple, yet it speaks volumes. Again, Diane and I did not find this. Um, Well, we did find it, but 
I will will link to the blog post that it came from. This author writes, I have found a quote that honors both the loss and the beauty of the special needs mystery and provides me with a measure of comfort. My barn having burned down, I can see the moon. I just got the chills. That was written by Mizuda Masahide. I'm sure I said that wrong, but um, it's a haiku from the 17th century Japanese poet. Say it again. My barn having burned down, I can see the moon. That to me, I feel like, I feel like, go with me for a minute. I feel like I was dropped in a, on a farm in Holland. <laughs> <laughs> My Dutch barn burned down and I can see the moon. I feel like that describes your life pretty accurately, in all honesty. And I'm However, still the wooden clocks. My feet hurt. <laughs> <laughs> what does your dress look like? Not your literal dress, your Dutch dress. Old century Dutch. Okay. With wooden clogs. Dust the soot off. I feel like my Dutch barn burned down. And now I can look up and see the stars and the moon. And I can know that even in the darkness, the stars are still there. And even mm-hmm. when the moon isn't full, even a crescent moon can inspire people. And you may not be at your fullest, but you can still keep going and you are still whole. I I mean, if anybody follows our story, stars for Benji is my son's hashtag. And like, for me, I think even more of a reason why this proverb was so touching to me, because when we found out Benji's diagnosis, we're like, do we tell people? Do we not? How do we handle this? And that's when I was like, you and I go back and forth because we love Lauren Daigle and the song Look Up Child is always in my head. Mm-hmm. And between that and just looking up at the stars and realizing that you have to have the dark in order to see the stars. Mm-hmm. Can't have Easter Sunday without Good Friday. Exactly. And I think I'm interested to hear what you think about this. I feel like these two poems are completely in their own category. Mm-hmm. I feel like Holland expresses a viewpoint for somebody looking outside in. I think this Chinese proverb accurately depicts and could be relevant in anybody's life because there is not a single soul on the face of this earth that has not experienced tragedy with beauty in unison. And so I think this Chinese proverb is really beautiful because I don't know, I I feel like I can rest in it. You know, like you said, my barn just burned down, but here I am laying here looking at the moon in all its beauty. The moon is still there. The stars are still there. God is still there. Your friends and family are still there. Smoke may still be rising from the barn. Forever will be, right? Still dealing with the fact that the fire truck hasn't arrived yet. Yeah. Putting them together, though, I, I agree. I think they are two separate things. But then prior to us recording, I didn't think about putting them together. And putting them together to me, I think, is even more powerful. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's all about opening your eyes, I think, to what everyone else is experiencing. And for somebody that may have never even known anybody with a child that has any sort of disability, Holland is a great perspective for them. And it's also a good perspective to kind of refocus some of us potentially. Mm -hmm. However, the Chinese proverb, it's just this beautiful, simple piece that I think no matter where you are in tragedy or trauma, or life can resonate in some way, shape, or form. 
Yep. I agree. And I think we had a really good conversation today. I'd like to point out that merging, merging the two poems was brilliant. I also would like to point out that shit happens in Italy. Shit is does also happen in Italy. Like, yes. That's not something that's mentioned in this poem. Mm-mm. My typical mom friends, shit happens to them too. We all, all have. Yeah. You know, there's you've, some- got, you've got like a whole continent in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Poor dumpster full. (laughs) That's not what I meant, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I meant you have Italy and Holland in the same hallway. You have a continent and both continents have shit Mm -hmm. or six soccer games in 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Well, we would love to hear what you guys think about this. Um, this conversation will be continued in our Facebook group and in the 4am mom club. So feel free to share your stories. If you have any other poems or haikus or proverbs or verses that help you in any part of your journey, we want to hear it. We would love to share all of that across our platforms. Always know you can call into our hotline to share that stuff too. Don't forget about our hotline. Totally call in and uh, we'll link that number somewhere. But right now, This is Susan, and I have to go because my husband is not going to be home in time, and our nurse leaves in 10 minutes. And this is Diane, and I have to figure out how I'm going to get three kids to different activities tonight. Mm, Go. What is the gondola? Take a gondola, and then... um, Throw them off. Houseboat. (laughs) They have houseboats in Holland. They like in Amsterdam, they all live in houseboats. So like you could have I don't know. I don't know where I'm going just, with this. I'm just gonna toss them off to the sides. Good luck. Throw, Go swim. Like, <laughs> y'all are all going to Germany. <laughs> I'm out. I love okay. it. Okay, guys. Thanks, See ya. Guys. We know you have so many choices on how to spend your time. Thank you so much for choosing to spend it with us. We would be honored to hear your unique, complicated, and hope-filled stories. We would love for you to connect with us and share your story on our website, www.whenautumncomes.com, and you can find us on social media at When Autumn Comes Podcast. Also, check us out at 4AM Mom Club, where we will be sharing our middle-of-the-night shenanigans, Etsy finds, Netflix faves, and other things to get us through. We would love for you to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll continue to hear unique stories, feel a whole lot of comfort and connection, and hopefully share in a few laughs. We are new to the podcasting world, so this show is produced by yours truly. With hope and a whole lot of excitement, Diane and Susan. See you next time.